This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. like pro wrestling we like pro wrestling as well the shake them ropes i am jeff hawkins he is chris novembrino we are brought to you this week by hello fresh more on them later chris this to me in terms of this week is what you might have called in 1817 the era of good feelings because well it hasn't been perfect everything i've watched this week has been kind of fun and I don't want to get too far out over my skis about, you know, Triple H and stuff like that. But it was rather it, this show is fun in two different ways. If everything stinks and we're snarking on it, we usually have a great show because we're just clowning on everything. And when we're in good moods, this show is generally very, very good. And I'm in a pretty good mood. Yeah, I was going to open up the show with the question of the day being, is pro wrestling back? Like, is WWE back? Uh, pump the brakes. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, it, it was, I mean, I was going to basically finish off and pump the brakes, but I, I did think that this show, or no, I thought that watching SummerSlam and then Raw, uh, even NXT, like. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Even dynamite for me. I'll, I'll, even, yeah, I'll, dynamite. I'll even up this. It was important to me, at least. Um, while it wasn't the best card in the world, I did have fun watching the Ric Flair last match pay-per-view because it was a love letter to Jim Crockett promotions. I mean, Tony and David Crockett were there calling the action. Bob Cottle sent in a video. There were some good matches on there, like the Luchador match they had on there was outstanding. Black Taurus is just a hell of a worker. Ric Flair, look... <laughs> If you thought you were going to get a five-star match out of Ric Flair at this point, it trust me, it was as sad as everybody said it was. Jeff Jarrett looked good. Jay Lethal looked good. Andrade was serviceable. But it was nice to see him in the ring go out on the way he wanted to, even though I don't know if that's necessarily how he wanted to. But at the same time, maybe it's nice to finally have him out. No, it, it was nice to... You know, it was to me. It was like a love story. <laughs> let, me, let me back off a little bit so I don't sound too. Mean. It was nice to have a love letter, uh, like a funeral for Jim Crockett Promotions, because I never got that. But yeah, okay. Now, now get your jokes out. No, I, I, I feel like I sort of have given my commentary. I'm kind of happy now that I don't have to worry about Ric Flair ever being in the ring again after hearing about it, to be honest with you. I mean, Orlando WrestleMania was enough. Oh, he looked so healthy. You don't think he got a little Dude, bigger? he took he took a flat back bump on a suplex, which he never takes, and he couldn't get up. And they basically had to shove brass knuckles onto him, and basically he had to do a figure four from his back. Look, he was in bad shape. He's on blood thinners. He has a bad heart. He should, never should have been doing this. I don't even pity him. All of this I is self-inflicted. Yeah, th that's the thing. Is it, it, There's just no pity for me. No, but it still was an interesting watch at times. But we'll get into that as we go into Lazy River. We might intertwine a little Lazy River with 
the news because I'm going to make a big case that I think I'll just put my premise out there now. I think AEW is going to be with either USA or Fox on their next contract. And I'm not, and I'm not kidding about that because I think, well, let's get into it. Anyway, SummerSlam strong walk up ended up drawing 40,117 to Nissan stadium paid attendance likely in the 37,000 range, but it had a great walk up in that last week. Uh, a little bit down from last year in Las Vegas, but uh, ticket prices were higher. Coming out of SummerSlam, one major injury, Becky Lynch. You didn't see her on the, uh, was it the jaded slash glam slam? I don't know what Bianca calls it, but landed on her shoulder, has a separated shoulder. We'll be out for a while. Just going to say this, Chris. I think it's possibly one of the best things to happen to her because now she's not going to be involved in this next feud because they'd want her to be stone cold. And if they're saving her for for Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, it's nice to get her off of TV for a while so she can heal, but also so that the story can build and she's not there week after week. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think it was the right time to turn her baby face. I think that being graceful in defeats Mm -hmm. and the promo was good. Uh, The backstage beat-up segment, I think, works well as well um even though I, yeah it does seem like she was initially kind of slated in as the second to bianca but that would have been weird because as you were saying we're trying to build the becky and ronda and and so you still would have had this issue of like who are we focusing on are we focusing on becky are we focusing on bianca um and you know turning her turning you know, keeping her heel i don't think would have been good also uh, helped also helps bianca be the lead in this yes right that's, that's what i mean that's what i mean like getting getting becky out of the way entirely i think is important for bianca right now um, but who's burying the lead this guy because aunt pam is back aunt pam bailey happy happy happy, happy. i'm a happy boy chris she is back she's a heel she looks great she brought a couple friends with her the fired dakota kai back with the company and one Io Shirai, formerly known as Io Shirai, now known as Io Sky, coming in with her. Looks like they're going to kind of be doing a you kept us in NXT way too long kind of angle. I'm I'm happy about this. I, w- I was tipped off that, hey, there's going to be somebody fired and somebody who was almost fired involved in this whole thing. I thought it was going to be Index, which I incorrectly told you. But no, it turned out one Dakota Kai finally getting that main roster money she's earned. And uh, EO, who who had threatened in the uh, in the trades that Jay, you know what, or it had been said in the trades that if I don't get a main roster contract, I'm out of here. So I mean, I'm happy with the stable. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think it's a good stable. Uh, I I think you know the issue with stables sometimes in the past has been making sure that you are taking care of all three of them. Yes, but. Different day, different presentation, and I think everyone's up here for a reason. I would have, look, a little Lazy River talk here. I would have uh, wanted EO to have a squash match first to introduce her to just the main roster viewers who didn't know who she was. They put her over hard on commentary, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, okay. But they put her in there with the champ first match. She held her own for a while, looked good. Heels got the upper hand. You know, it's a good introduction to this stable. I mean, that crowd was hot when that beatdown started. And that, and that was uh, 
I mean, in the the in ring fight where where like you have all six in there hitting each other, and I think that's generally good for wrestling is when you know there's a fight and people are reacting to it. Yeah, and Alexa will slot in nicely as the wild card. You know, people can like Alexa. Really- People right, do. right, but she, she, her character sort of makes sense as the can you really trust her character? Right, yeah. Uh, apparently, USA Network executives are pressuring WWE to make an interim world title for Raw until they find a suitable way for Roman Reigns to drop one of his titles. Now, see, this does not surprise me, Chris, because Fox has gotten the brunt of the dual belt holder Roman Reigns, and Raw's kind of been... Uh, hey, what about us? We've been here backing you for this whole time. That's why my theory now is that... Look, I think WWE has been trying to split the baby on this between two two suitors. And I think one of the suitors is going to get jaded and want to buy, put AEW and have somebody who's loyal to them. But I I think you're only going to have to wait until Clash at the uh, Castle or whatever the heck they're calling it for Roman to drop one of these titles at the same time. So this just might be a, hey, Roman drops the SmackDown belt to Drew and then goes to Raw. That would be very interesting. That would be very interesting. Uh, I I did not realize that the networks were getting so distressed about the unified title. I thing. did not either. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it makes sense. He's he's been on SmackDown. He's essentially been the SmackDown champion with holding the Raw belt hostage. Yes. Rather than the unified Irene and Lord over all the brands thing, even with kind of the increased presence of the bloodline on raw here in the last couple of weeks. I guess that maybe explains a little bit why you're seeing the Usos featured more heavily as characters on raw. Like WWE wants to be able to argue, Hey, no, 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 we, we definitely, you know, this bloodline thing is like the meta storyline right now. Going over to AEW and in a tertiary news here, time Warner discovery had their first earnings call since the merger. The newly combined company lost $3.4 billion in its first quarter. And they have put together a strategy where they're going to combine HBO Max and Discovery Plus into one streaming platform. And the cries everywhere of the cuts were coming in geek quarters everywhere as Warner Brothers shelved films that were finished or almost finished, such as Batgirl. They've decided to cut most of their scripted programming such as, and canceled a few shows as well. Uh, and it looks like the, from the presentation at, at the investors meeting, they are going to make what I think is a brave strategy. And, and I'll tell you why, because they view HBO Max as male skewing, scripted, leaning in, appointment viewing, and home of the fandoms, which is partially true because all the DC fans are in there. You know, your, your uh, you know, your film franchise fans are all on HBO Max. Meanwhile, Discovery Plus, a little more female skewing, more unscripted, more of a kind of a laid back thing in terms of anticipation and uh, event stuff for premieres, more comfort viewing than anything else and home of uh, genre dumbs. Look, they have. Between Discovery Plus, they have the Discovery Channel, they have HGTV, they have Do It Yourself, they have the Food Network, and people love those shows. I mean, you put on that thing on a weekend, you're getting a marathon of celebrity chef insults local chefs. Uh, what other what other genres do we have? Uh, out of work actors pretending to send rich uh, sell rich real estate to wealthy people. Uh, you have, you know, can we fix up this shack? Uh, 
blue collar job, getting into contrived situations that make it seem far more dangerous because people are stupid. Uh, <laughs> what, what other genres of reality TV do we have on the Discovery Channel? I like man going out into the wild with a camera team and <laughs> a camping setup off camera, but doing an impression of living entirely off the land like yeah, that you're book. Jane Goodall out there That's no no are. I always I like to think of them as doing a live reenactment of Hatchet that classic novel <laughs> what happens if I go gold digging in a minefield let's see what happens <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa and I will not have you go in on uh what's it gold rush America, gold are, rush are, America. Are, go, no I'm sorry gold rush Alaska no 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 Jack Hoffman's a wonderful man no, wonderful I'm not, man. I'm gonna say the genre. Wonderful like, man. Ice road truckers is very popular, but it's always like, oh, we gotta get this truckload of toys to the Ronald McDonald house because those children are dying. It's just like, <laughs> it's like so much more added drama than it needs to be, other than just doing the day to day job. But it's a, but to me, it's a brave thing. They've also classified AEW on this thing as X news and sports which means they do not lump it in the, the company's tiffany profile right now the one that they're going to spend big money on is the nba because the nba gets buku ratings for them and everything else is slash 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 animation slash streaming only properties slash scripted stuff slash i mean the 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 the, the, the uh the creative unions out here <laughs> i love my brothers and sisters in creative unions i am a member of a creative union They've put on the miner's hat. They put a little suit under there like, we are the working man. You can't do this to us kind of thing going on. I think they have every right to be angry because, look, there are going to be fewer jobs out there. I get it. But this is what the company is going to do to try and make this thing profitable. They're going to merge the two streaming services. And, Chris, I did not know this. Between the two of them, there are 92 million subscribers to Discovery Plus and HBO Max with 4 million subscribing to both. So they're planning to add Whoa. 40 million new streaming subscriptions. Now, here's your here's here's the issue to me is that a lot of these streaming services and stuff like that, like a lot of the channel stuff, like if, if I wanted to watch uh, Rampage or Dynamite on on my computer, I'd have to go to the website or the app, but I'd also need a cable subscription to be able to log in and watch it. And I think in the entire streaming platform type thing, I don't think they they account for the fact that people aren't going to choose either or because they're not going to be able to get the live TV stuff. And for Discovery at the same time, look, they have a plethora. They have like millions and millions of hours of these types of shows that they have across all their properties. But there's literally no difference between turning on the channel on any given weekend or weekday and going to the streaming other than you want to select the program you want to watch. But I mean, every doctor's office I've been to during this whole ordeal I've had has had HGTV on or do it yourself network on. And it's the same show every single time. I just don't know how archival thing is there. And that's why I say it's a brave move to try and get the demographic a little bit wider but they're only pro protecting one property. And I think AEW eventually, I think the people at AEW, and I will finish on this, I think Tony 
has been talking to some people, mainly Uncle Dave, who said, hey, it's all TV rights, TV rights, TV rights. And now they're about to go into negotiations for TV rights. And I think they're going to find a find a uh, find a company that they're negotiating with that doesn't want to pay them more than what they're making now. Yeah, I mean, that might be very well true, but they don't have great year over year numbers that the, their their negotiating position is is not incredible right now uh, you know because performance is not incredible right is now. it or is it not because i mean they do i mean we hear how the, well they're doing in the demo on wednesdays now fridays is a disaster fridays I, I, is I, bad. didn't you send me some chart though where like the year over year numbers yes. were down yeah. yeah the year over year is down yeah so i mean like that's if you're the like yeah they do good in, in the demo i think there's there's a good news story and there's a bad news story right mm-hmm. um it, it, it might be like yes this is a product that has done well in the demo and has questions going forward on how it will do, especially with the secondary product rampage kind of flagging in the ratings. Um, I mean, I think the argument I, that for, if anything, if you're, if you're Tony, I think you, you do want to move on uh, from this partnership, even if it's the same amount of money, just because I think you might get a better presentation, especially it, especially if it is Fox or USA USA who has been running wrestling on their network forever. Like if they could end up on dynamite, even if it end up on USA and run dynamite on USA on Monday nights, that would be such a feather in their cap that if the money was the exact same, I think it's still worth it just to show, Hey, we're now in the, we're now on Monday nights on USA. Yeah. I think, uh, I think while the nostalgia of having wrestling on a Turner network, is fine. I th- I think making money is probably more important at this point, and getting somebody who will overpay will be more important. And I don't think I don't think Time Warner Discovery is going to be that partner. I just I they are they are in full on lean and mean, disposable shows, disposable content. Who cares about critical acclaimed type of stuff? I mean, where the this is kind of what happened to WCW. Like, like they kind of got caught in a like cross streams of yeah. When new, AOL, when AOL bought bought it. Right, right, yeah. So, it, it, like history <laughs> rhymes sometimes. Wait, what's the common denominator here? Is Time Warner all the time? <laughs> That is so weird. Yeah. Huh. Uh, here comes time Warner to, to ruin things for a Crockett promotion. Uh, so, I, I mean, I just think to answer your original question, if the money's all the same and they could somehow end up on either Fox or, in my opinion, almost even better, although like the ratings say Fox is really great, but like uh, landing on USA and bumping WWE off of USA, essentially, would be it. That would be like you know, a, a very DX crashed in the gates of WCW moment. I don't think and that happens. I think Fox dances with AEW. That would be good for them, though, too. Uh, I think it's USA, sort of a win-win. That, that USA that, is firmly. I mean, because they've also went through that once before when they left for uh, TNN. Yes, yes. And they wanted them back badly after that. I, I, I think I think I think this is a legacy property by now after what, three decades, four decades on USA, I, I think I think I think WWE. I mean, I'm I'm expect. Look, if WWE ever goes up for sale, I expect NBC Universal to buy them. 
I mean, if you, if you look at the way they've been treating the bloodline and Roman Reigns, clearly they've been more concerned about the Fox contract and making sure that they are you know, in the good graces yes. of Fox. Yes. Yeah. And, and so that tell, I think that's sort of illustrative of where the weak point They're is. They're dressing up for the girlfriend and keeping yep. the wife at home. Yep. AEW uh, has also expanded its talent relations department. Shoring up a bit of a weakness there. Sanjay Dutt's new title is Vice President of Production Creative Control. He will coordinate communication of storylines, be a liaison on post-production work, produce ancillary content, streaming, and mentor new producers. He'll continue to be an on-screen manager as well. QT Marshall is now Vice President of Show and Creative Coordination. He will manage show elements, plan programs and storylines, work on character development, oversee extras being used, and live event logistic coordination, and will also continue his on-air role. Pat Buck has been made Vice President of Talent Development. He will work with talent in production, oversee the coaches, provide input on matches and promos, and lead talent relations. And Tony Schiavone is now Senior Producer and Special Advisor to Talent. He will also work in talent relations. Christopher Daniels, remaining Manager of Talent Relations, and will work with the legal and talent resources team of Margaret Stalvey, Mega Parekh, and Chris Peck. And also coming on to join AEW as a coach, Madison Rain has been hired as women's coach there. Uh, nothing particularly shocking in any of these moves. No, but it sounds like at least they're trying to shore up the communications issues that have been complained about in the media by what has been viewed as disgruntled talent. You know, yeah, a, lot, a lot of voices you can trust, like a Chris Daniels sort of type. Yeah. Sure. A lot of these people were an impact doing the same kind of thing. If you did a cup of coffee in WWE and now are in AEW, I think that's interesting. Um, I think Tony's probably trying to figure out, hey, I'm now juggling five shows at once or four shows and trying to get a uh, trying to get an ROH brand up and running. I need a little bit more help. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that's true as well. So yeah, I, I view this as mostly a positive. Some people were getting on Mass and Rain as being hired as a women's coach, not the women's coach. I think people mistook that. She's going to be part of a team and she's been well liked wherever she's gone. I'd have no problem with this, even though she has no, from what I know, no real coaching background per se, but it's like, hey, you know what? Been around, she's been everywhere. She knows how people do things. I mean, well, and everybody's got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Like, you don't know, especially with coaching, you, you, Sometimes, especially with coaching, it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to be a great performer. in the ring, on yeah. the court performer, what, yeah, whatever it is. You know, you sometimes you just get the business and you're able to teach it and convey it, and, and you have to start at some point and, and, and you have yeah. to start somewhere. And the other thing is, usually, those types of people, if, the, if you're self aware enough, you know your weaknesses, you're the person who usually teaches what you're weak at. Like me as an improv coach, I teach heavy character stuff. I stink at character stuff. I do, but I'm good at coaching that stuff because I know what I'm weak at. And, and I've been giving these, given these notes time after time after time. So I go, okay, I don't want you to have to go through this. Here's, I'm going to help you with what I am personally weak at. And then I also have my strengths, which I can also coach pretty well. So it's one of those things where it's like, if you're an all around person, sometimes it's like being a jack of all trades and a master of none. So yeah, or um, or if everything came naturally to you, sometimes it's really hard to convey yes. how to actually do things. Because Michael Jordan he, is not a good mentor. 
<laughs> right, right. No, no. Um, some of the uh, best like shot doctors and that sort of thing were. I mean, some of them were good on the court or whatever, but but many of them are just like really good off the court. They're just good at shooting. Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia, not Daniel Garcia, announced the third reincarnation of the XFL will debut with games on February eighteenth, twenty twenty three. Chris, start working on those theme songs. Yes, I've got the guitar here. <laughs> I just put fresh strings on. We're ready. We're ready. Women of Wrestling promotion owned by Jeannie Buss will be airing in syndication throughout the U.S. starting on the weekend of uh, September 17th and 18th. Interesting that they're doing syndication. It was originally thought they were just going to do access, I believe. And uh, one Tessa Blanchard, no longer the face of that promotion. Anything to say about that or should I just go on? Just go on. All right. (laughs) Final in notes and news. Uh, ratings talk WWE Raw USA Network 2,230,000 18 to 49 rating 0.61 number one in cable that I look they had a great there are three things I think that that really contributed to this maybe four we'll get to it uh, number one uh, re, uh, curiosity post SummerSlam number two commercial free that first hour probably helped them a bit but I think that's been overplayed number three the rumor that uh, the rumor that Sasha and Naomi may show up on Raw, which did not come to pass, um, and also number four, just all the Vince McMahon news and seeing how this new era would start. I think just all that. We'll see if they can hold this, but uh, you know, you gotta give credit where due. I mean, it's a heck of a number for them. If they're going to have a good month, this is the first week of that good month. Yes, and uh, I'm very interested to see how they hold up here you know over the next four weeks and where the writing and stuff goes it is legitimately intriguing this is the first time in a long time i myself have been intrigued to watch raw and actually watch raw in its entirety and it wasn't bad yeah it wasn't bad it was not bad we'll get to that in a minute wwe nxt 649,000 viewers, 18 to 49 rank, 0.15. Dynamite, 938,000. Pretty good number, 18 to 49.32. SmackDown last Friday, 2,193,000. 0.52. The worrisome one, though, Rampage, 375,000 viewers, 18 to 49.11. Friday night's a bad night. Friday night at 10's even worse. And also, they're just putting on, I mean, it's the ROH show. I just think they're putting on second tier stuff that people think is skippable. Yeah, they they've made WCW Saturday night at a worse time slot. It, I, mean, it, it's, power hour. I mean, like Mance Warner is in the main event on thing, and he's never really been shown except for that one thing. Yeah, on Dynamite, and you're just like, okay, is that going to uh, be a draw? Especially, I guess, as someone who watches Dynamite, like, <laughs> yeah, man, that's a name I don't know. Uh, I, I've seen on dynamite really yeah this will be my first i mean we're, we're taping this right before smackdown and rampage are to go on i know the name i've never seen him so Me i'm neither. interested uh, to watch him yeah uh, uh, but I, yeah, no no open mind but no i think that's illustrative of the issue with rampage it's just it's really skippable there's no important plot beats that happen on rampage that they just and and nothing they've done it seems to work like putting jim ross on rampage isn't the move you you just have to you'd have to completely revamp the show and how how you're presenting it they popped the rating for punk that was about it 
Yeah, and, and that Friday at 10 is still going to be a death slot because anyone who's got anything to do is not going to be watching it live. I mean, that's what happened to Miami Vice. It was a hit for a while, and then it just it just died because people people want their Friday nights. At least people in the demo want their Friday nights. Me, I'm happy at home. But that'll do it for the news. Closing up the news bag. Chris, tell us a little bit about HelloFresh. All right, Jeffrey. HelloFresh yes. is... A wonderful service. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Savor every last second of summer with HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week, allowing you to enjoy the delicious flavors of the season right from home. Skip the grocery store and spend more time soaking up the last of the summer sun. You feel that heat on your window pane? You could go outside. You'd have more time to soak it up with HelloFresh. HelloFresh Market is a one-stop shop for all your mealtime needs with a curated selection of quick breakfasts, breakfasts, lunches, <laughs> Breakfast is it's fine. It's fine. Suffering succotash. Snacks. No, no. I, you know, I, I wanted to come. I, I was trying to come continue. in. No, okay. We're just going to continue. I'm coming in with a different delivery today, Jeffrey. Dessert and more. Heading out for one last vacation, Jeffrey. Update your delivery address and enjoy HelloFresh at your vacation destination with just a click. Plans are flexible, so they work with your changing schedule. We had HelloFresh <laughs> earlier in the year, Jeffrey, <laughs> didn't we? Tell them yeah. about HelloFresh. What did you think of it? Oh no, I, I actually, you know, I don't, I don't do a lot of cooking um, in terms of steps and preps and stuff like that. So for me, having all the ingredients pre-measured in the right uh, number of things and 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 specific directions, I, you know, I I had never had couscous. Yeah, you know, I'm not an adventurous eater, so to speak. Couscous was tasty. With the uh, Mediterranean chicken with the yogurt, that was good. I mean, every hamburger I get from these types of places, because they always add in a hamburger meal of some sort, it's always great because the because the protein is so 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 good. Um, yeah, and it, it you know, and like I said, I mean, it, it's it's just for for me as someone who's single, and you know, cooking's kind of a social activity. So it's just for me, it's like eating is just like a means to an end versus, you know, an experience. And and I really I really had fun uh, doing HelloFresh. So I don't have a joyless food existence like Jeffrey, but I do have a girlfriend. <laughs> and <laughs> also, I don't know. <laughs> um, and she is vegan and cooking for my vegan girlfriend is confusing because i don't like yes uh, your uh, vegan it, canadian girlfriend we, yes she's not canadian uh it, it, yeah it, 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 they don't that, i don't how did those she's in went? canada you wouldn't know her that's what the reference is keep going oh okay i see i see what you're trying to do here that's sad jeffrey that's petty that's she's petty but no but like you, you i need to cook for her and HelloFresh offers vegan options and it's it's nice it really is yeah because i can get a pre-made meal kit 
and throw that together rather quickly because like, you know, I, I'm not necessarily going to be eating that, but I still want to like have something that's good for her. Um, so if you're interested in trying out HelloFresh, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use code VOW16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. We like to call that the 1673 plan over here. That's HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 using the code VOW16. You can take advantage of 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one tag or number one meal kit. <laughs> number one tagline. Tag tag Good Lord. Anyways, now we go to the lazy river of wrestling criticism. Whatever we watched, whatever we saw. Chris, I might talk a little bit of Vader this week because I did watch a little Vader. But no, uh, anything we watch, anything that's on our mind comes up in this, starting with ice cold thoughts about SummerSlam. Wow. The first half of this show, I adored. I thought it was fun. It was nice. Look, I had a lot of goodwill from the Bailey appearance. I will admit that. Aunt Pam, one of my favorites. Love her. Glad she was back. But Becky and Bianca was fantastic. Logan Paul is insane, and I love him. I know he's a jerk. I know that people hate his social media presence, but as a wrestler, I love watching Logan Paul work, and he and Miz had a hell of a night, I thought. Logan Paul is crazy. He has FU money. He doesn't need to be diving off a turnbuckle going through announcer tables, but he did it for my pleasure. And I have a lot of respect for people who do that. Same with Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee looked a little shaky in a few moments on his thing with Corbin, but I still respected the hell out of him for doing it because he also has FU money. Doesn't need to be doing it. Does it because he wants it. The only low point for me in this entire SummerSlam show because I, I did like, I liked the forklift. I got to admit, I liked the forklift or the tractor. I liked it a lot. The dumb booking of Street Profits and Usos, where they come out in Tennessee Titans gear. They have the Titans cheerleaders. They are hyped that the crowd wants it. This is the time to belt them. One, two, three after the day one. And you're just like, or or the 1D. And you're just like, what in the F are they doing? I get that they're probably doing the split now. But this was the time to crown them, and they didn't. But overall, did not did not uh, put a gray cloud over the sunshine I had for this show. It was an easy thumbs up for me. What about you? I I loved this show. I, I thought okay. this show. Yeah, no, I I thought this show was extremely watchable, and it, it was funny because on Friday night I was trying to watch SmackDown and. It was so bad that I had to stop mm -hmm. watching because the camera coverage, like, the, like I mean, like not yes, the content, but like that opening match, there, there, that clip with Sheamus and it was Drew a Mac great match, but the camera work just made you sick. It made you sick. It, it like, like and, and normally, like a lot of times, people will be complaining about. It, I'll go like, I just, I just don't really notice it. Th this was unbelievably bad, uh, and. and I just like I was hanging out uh, with with the fake Canadian girlfriend here, and I was like, "Do you <laughs> do, do you want to actually watch some of the SummerSlam show?" And we popped on the Lesnar and Reigns match, and 
it was really good. I it was yeah. like it was really entertaining. Uh, I I enjoyed the forklift spot, like like when or the uh, backhoe spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah backhoe yeah, spot. You're, you're yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like the backhoe spot was great. Like I, I I just thought it was a great chaotic match. It's exactly like what you expect that sort of last man standing match to be, and. I thought Brock really worked his ass off. Um, it, dude, I, I enjoyed the show a lot. I, I love I, Brock. I do. I do. He's well, like good, good Brock me. is really good. Yeah. I just like big guys who kick ass. So I want I want a big guy kick ass match. That's all I want. And my and I have a problem with Drew McIntyre in a way because I feel like uh, I have the same problem I have with Drew that I have with Cesaro at times in that they're big guys with this offense but it seems almost like fake tough offense. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As opposed mm-hmm. to Brock who just murder deaths people. And, you know, I, 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 I view it like when I was really excited about that Brody King, uh, Darby Allen match where, where Brody King just killed him. I want those types of matches. Sometimes I want a match where somebody is getting the crap kicked out of them. And this felt like everybody was getting the crap kick out of everybody. So yeah, I loved that. I thought I thought this pay per view over delivered in so many ways. Yes, no, it it, it really it was it, it was consistent though with the general trend of WWE, which has been very bad weekly television that with with big shows that have generally outkicked what they should have been especially if you were watching the weekly coverage uh going in and commentary didn't make me angry it felt looser no i i dude commentary clearly feels looser i like it a lot yeah Yeah, Yeah. no it's been it's been what you and i more in line of like what you and i have kind of wanted out of commentary which is okay everyone knows their character like Corey is the snarky one and you have byron who's the doofus and then you have jimmy who's the straight one um and that is the dynamic and everyone knows what their character is and they don't need someone in their ear barking explicit lines at them because like byron knows to stay within the doofus character um there was like a really fun moment where byron got like a word wrong and then like yeah i i caught it and and, and graves corrected it too and it was like all done seamlessly with a character and it was funny and like i was laughing and like yeah yeah, like that's I mean that's all I want. I want a commentary booth that's in character but like kinetic and like lively and feels like real humans. Well, here's how you can tell that things have eased up is is when when Bailey came back. Uh when Io Shirai was introduced in the way that they do they they did in the way they do introductions sometimes in uh in NXT where I mean they had her Titan Tron from for Io Shirai and then they introduced her as Io Sky. And Corey naturally stumbled on it a couple times. If Vince were still in his ear, he'd be getting screamed at for ruining the debut. Now it's just like, I'm sorry, that's what she used to be known as. Because, you know, WWE is still going to do the whole thing where it's like we trademark names so that we can make money off of it. Not everything has changed in WWE. They still don't want people's indies names being in there, I think. But, um, you know, I hope they lighten up on that. But, you know, that's how you knew. It's like, hey. Corey can make a mistake, fix it on his own and go on with his life as opposed to getting screamed at in his ear for five minutes that he ruined the pay-per-view because he messed up EO Sky's name. 
Um, I absolutely understand WWE's financial concerns with like wanting to own the name or whatever. I just wish, wish, wish they'd create a grandfather clause for the NXT talent that if you have been using a name on NXT, especially in this one where like the whole storyline is that these two are pissed off that they've been left down in NXT too long. Oh, what were they called down there? Like, like it's, it's just, it becomes stupid. Uh, I I just want them to like grandfather in the NXT people, and then like if you know if you want to do that going forward and make your NXT name kind of like be like a non name once you get to the main roster, and that's always the rule. So be it. But like, no more with the Walter stuff. Call it the Gunter rule if you want. Okay, your turn on the river. Uh, my turn on the river. Uh, we are now, I guess, moving on to Raw here, I suppose. If you wish. If you had something else on SummerSlam, I'll listen to it. No, I don't know that I have anything else on SummerSlam. Okay. Thought the Montez Ford and Seth Rollins match was nice. Don't know that. Like, I think it needed more time if we were really going to like star make Ford here. But I liked it for what it was. The match was good. The way they got to the match... Rock, paper, scissors, Montez just runs down the just runs down there. You know, I, I like my feuds with a little more heat than a game of rock, paper, scissors. I wish they had found a more creative way to do it. Although I don't get me wrong, I like that. It feels like they're doing the slow build, the burn, as they're they're literally saying on TV, we're not breaking up, we're not breaking up. That's kind of clever, even though we all know it's denial, I think. And yeah, you know, Montez is good. I think next week it'll be Dawkins' turn um, to lose to Seth. And then we see what happens from there. Dawkins is the one who needs the competitive showing more. Uh, I am much more interested in seeing what the Dawkins singles match against Rollins is going to look like because I, I think he's the bigger question mark in terms of, okay, will this guy float or sink after the split? Which is not going to happen, of course. I'm going to jump off of Raw. We can always jump back to it if, if you have another point on that. But uh, for my next Lazy River pick, I am going to praise the absolute simplicity of the Jay Lethal Orange Casty match. I adored this match, Chris. And it, it surprised some people how much I loved this match. Because the work was fine. But the story they told was so damn simple and so damn good jay lethal's gonna work over the leg and he's gonna keep working the leg and he's gonna keep working the leg until orange cassie tries to make a comeback and then the leg fails him jay lethal kicks the leg again gets his move one two three or i think it was a figure uh, he did a figure four as well lethal injection lethal injection as well he did the lethal injection trying to get that a couple times but just a guy going in there and working over a body part and the body part eventually found. Yes, you had, look, I will, I will dismiss the best friends in a trench coat. Cause I laughed at that versus Sutton. I'm saying I admittedly laughed, but the, but, and I know people were upset because orange Cassidy didn't win, but I loved this match just because you don't see that anymore. What you see is two guys doing bunch of moves going full speed, one catches them in their finisher, a bunch of kickouts to finishers. And it was just, it was like a basic TV match from my youth. And I loved it. My only downside was the aftermath. 
I think the best friend should have gotten beaten down before Wardlow comes in and do that as opposed to just sitting there. Uh, I think it would have gotten over Lethal Dutt, who was Sanjay Dutt doing the fake announcer thing. Oh, chef's kiss. Love that. And I like Satnam Singh. He he brings a certain charisma to it. And he's going to, and that match versus Wardlow, I don't know if you let, if you let Satnam Singh go against Wardlow, because I think you have to beat him, beat Wardlow. And I don't think it's time to beat Satnam Singh yet, necessarily. But uh, everything about this segment, I loved. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'm like as intense as you, but I really liked this for a best friends style match. Like this is, I think we're all disappointed that Orange Cassidy has fallen more into this mid-card status, and that's a fair criticism, but it is what it is. He's over, and if they want to heat him back up again, you know they can. Like uh, he's he's still very popular. Uh, it It's stinks that he's like not more of a main event player guy sure the best friends thing probably holds him back from being more of a main event player guy well, sure the gimmick keeps him from being a main event player too i mean I, yeah it, i but we've we've also seen that with some minor modulation that that gimmick basically yeah. can be a main event gimmick so yeah. i i i'm less i'm less down on the gimmick writ large so much as the best friends association okay. but inside of a best friends style skit match i thought you got a good best friend skit and you got a good match here. I thought that, it, like like you, I liked the story of this match. Super clear. Lethal's working the leg because the orange punch is about pushing off of one leg, like the Superman punch, right? Mm-hmm. And if you take that one leg out from Orange Cassidy, he can't push off of the leg he normally pushes off of, which means he can't punch with the hand that he normally punches with, which basically takes away the orange punch from him. Um, simple story and that ended up playing into the finish of the match which is like all you want right and and the heel took advantage of a distraction was working a limb which you know it always is more associated with the heel sort of style and I liked it I thought it was a good match your turn sir all right um edge came back (laughs) yeah at SummerSlam and let me let me let me snark a little bit on this because this is something that I found dopey, but I didn't mind it at the time. It's like the whole complaint about about this the judgment day, the judgment day stable was that Edge Edge didn't want it to go into the supernatural aspects of it. And then he comes back on a stairway to hell. Okay. But then this promo was not about that. It was like, now it was like I was trying to pass on my knowledge about like injustices or something, yeah. but their judgment got clouded. That like, Ironically, the judgment day has the clouded judgment. Trying to make it far more deep than it was. No, yeah, there's there's no depth here. This has never been a deep story. No. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's the shallowest pool. The shallowest pool. Just say Spin Balor screwed me. And we're off to the races. Like, they don't, yeah. Finn Bauer screwed me. These young punks don't respect me. And I'm going to show them that I can still kick ass. <laughs> it's like the simplicity of, uh, I want to kick your ass. Hey, there's a feud. There we go. Or, I don't like you. <laughs> Finn Bauer yeah. screwed me. That's all we need. Yeah, yeah. The, those those kids sided with him. Screw them. Screw Finn Balor. They're jerks. I'm going to kick their ass. It's a very simple story. Uh, and and I, I do, I will say this. 
I like short hair edge. I, I think it, yes. it I think it works a lot better. I think it works just a lot better. I'm I'm way more here for short hair edge. Co- and colored beard edge. Yeah. Uh, I will stay on Raw as well. Um those two triple threat matches had were better than they were had any right to be. The end of the AJ Styles one was just so fantastic. I wanted to ignore these, Jeff, but then like I was like, wait, good wrestling's happening. I have yes. to watch this. Yes, I, I wanted to like be able to... After... Yes. Oh, here comes Ali. He's just going to get made to look like a goof. Nope. Ali looked good in his match. I thought that was great, you know? And then you get to the other one, and it's like, oh, you know... <laughs> You know, who cares this about is the this? thing for me, man, is the, it, it's a really interesting test balloon week where it, the ratings are good. And then this is sort of much more in line of the type of people and the type of matches and the type of work that like people like you and I and other commentators kind of have wanted to see like Ollie working a 10 to 12 minute match. Ciampa being presented as like a credible threat. Uh, it, like, it, yes, like, like. This is what we want. I, I want to see it. The ratings hold, but like, I I want to believe that people still like good, exciting wrestling. That's gonna be a real test. Is is that yeah. Chomp, is that Chompa Bobby Lashley stare down when they're in the ring together? And do people find Chompa credible? Against a guy like Bobby, they Lashley. gotta let him do a promo. They they gotta let him get himself over on a promo because he's a great promo. But but I I mean, I think with the shaky presentation and the Miz Association and all that other stuff that's been going on, um, I I think we need to really get back to Blackheart Tommaso Ciampa. Okay. Uh, any chance that he wins the title in Cleveland? Ooh, I mean, th- this would be a great place for Johnny to show up and help yeah, him do it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, yeah. Or, or uh, Miz helps Ciampa, and who comes out to help Bobby is uh, Mr. Rebel Hart out of Cleveland. I was thinking that as well. But, uh, yeah, that, that'll be an interesting uh, – I am, I am looking forward to this main event. I think it's going to be the main event on Raw. If, if Johnny's coming back, it's the main event. But uh, Yeah, right. I, and, and if it gets time, I, I just have a hard time thinking that, like, Lashley and Ciampa aren't going to have a bit of a banger. Like, yeah, the, yeah, the Ciampa's good. This is clearly going to be a showcase for him under a new regnum where people take him seriously. Lashley's been a proven commodity for the company over the last year here. He's got a clear fan base and he's been look when Lashley's good. He's very good. I think next week we'll be talking about returns anyways, based on the rumors of SmackDown. Don't want to get into it. Cause I don't know who's showing up yet and who's not showing up, but uh, SmackDown's going to get some either new toys or old toys with fresh paint on them. So we'll see what happens there. Sweet. Uh, your turn on the river, sir. Uh, you know what isn't working for me? Let's do something that isn't working for me. Okay. That is Joe Gacy and his druids. Oh, the, the, the Gacy druids. Like, it, it, what have they done to Zach Gibson, Jeffrey? I don't know. Uh, what what given, has happened to him, him? They've given him a fresh shave and new contacts. And both he and uh, uh, James and Drake. Drake look different. And you're yes. just like... Ah, <laughs> they look clean and different, and I don't like them. I like my guy's scuzzy. I like I, scuzzy, grizzled young vets. I like why would grizzled. you make Zach Gibson less interesting? Right. Like, also, like, why would you put him in a faction where someone else is going to talk for him? He's, exactly. That's he's freaking Zach Gibson. 
Yeah, WWE does. If you're, if you're a great, like when they brought, I mean, the, the most prominent example I always use is when Arn and Tully came over and they gave him Heenan and they never let Arn and Tully talk except for 15 seconds. And Heenan did most of the talking. It's like, how do you let these guys talk? Because they're, they're badasses. Yeah, WWE does that sometimes. They take the mic out of the hands of good people to see if you can get over without your mouth. And it's it's very weird. I I, I don't get that either. Uh, I I, I, I do not want to talk about this, but if you no, it, it's very it, it it very much upsets me. It's like the guy has like built in chance. If you hate him, uh, he used to literally be able to come out and just start cutting a promo and getting people to, like boo him uproariously on his way to the ring. Like it, even if he hadn't been on screen for a while, I, I, he was one of the even with a less focused presentation especially in recent years still one of the strongest heels in the company just in, in yes. terms of being able to come out instant heat works a style that like you'd never cheer for or, like accidentally get excited about or whatever like he he keeps the lines very clear on the black hat someone else is the white hat uh I, it's so weird seeing him partnered with joe gacy and this joe gacy character still sucks let me finish up nxt uh, here because I don't want to have to come back to it because I think uh, a I have, I have some AEW thoughts to get out of the way as well on the Lazy River, but uh, I think the women of NXT had a particularly good night on Tuesday. That four-way tag was better than it had any right to be. Casey Catanzaro and uh, uh, Casey's Katana Chance and uh, I still want to call her Lacey Lane all the time, but that's not it. What's her partner's name, Chris? Help me out here. Uh, Katana Chance and... Casey Carter. Uh, Casey or, Carter. Not Caden Casey, Carter. Caden, Caden Carter. Carter. Thank you. Casey and ni- Casey. Casey and Caden. Uh, well, no, they, they, they both, their initials are both KC now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> they are your new NXT Women's Tag Team Champs. Probably a long time coming. Uh, the two other teams that weren't Toxic Attraction held their own, I thought. Had a few good spots in there. Not bad for some beginners. Toxic Attraction held... JC Jane, still fantastic. Still the still the glue that holds that whole unit together. Both with the character work with the Alundra Blaze slash Medusa. And in here. I'm also going to give a shout out because she's still nailing this character. She has it. And that is Tiffany Stratton. That promo package that she did, I laughed uproariously when she went, well, time to go shopping. (laughs) It is such a vapid, stupid character. And sometimes it's hard to play that with conviction. But she is both vapid and vain, and she's fantastic at doing it. And she's killing the character work. Wrestling work, still coming along but she killed it in that promo. I thought the, and, and of course, Roxanne Perez is just effing fantastic. And I would be surprised if she wasn't on SmackDown tonight. I don't think she will be, but Roxanne Perez and, and also Zoe Stark are both very welcome in this division. and are both going to be the leaders in it. If they, if they don't get brought up. Yeah. Strong night for the women. Uh, I mean, I looked great. I thought in the match, um, yeah. I, I still, I'm a big fan of, uh, Leon and Feroz as well. Uh, I th- okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think 
they're, they've got personality. Um, I, th- I think that goes a long way. And and we've seen in the past, they're willing to take some crazy risks. If they can tighten that up. Um, you know, I'll even at- defend Kiana James as having some personality, even though her, her gimmick is just sexy librarian. Yeah. <laughs> Hot girl with glasses or whatever. But she, she plays the character and she commits hard to it. I, I thought the the big the big dud moment for me, uh, other than like the druids, is uh, Braun Breaker and JD McDonough, which <laughs> just has no heat. It it's just you know he had just, heat as the Irish Ace. He has no heat as JD yes, McDonough. Yeah, he just doesn't. I it it just doesn't feel like anything. Oh, yeah. but I did howl at the Nathan Fraser spot <laughs> where Giovanni Giovanni Vinci. Is walking down for the open challenge, and Nathan Franker just runs right by him and takes it. I howled at that. That's such a perfect move. I, I adored that. It's just those little, hey, if he's wasting his time, go down there and take it from him. That's ruthless aggression, brother. Yeah. Uh, and then in your main event, Von Wagner still stinks. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Your turn. Um, all right. Uh, I guess let's, let's swing back to dynamite here, shall yes. we? Yes. I am. Willing to take that. Uh, what would you like to talk about? Because I have a subject primed and ready if you don't. Okay, hit me with the subject that's primed and ready. While it wasn't great and it could have been better, I still enjoyed the undisputed elite turn on the Bucks. Look, this has been high school after school special level drama here. I haven't always enjoyed it. I think Adam Cole is a little, I don't want to say overrated, but Adam Cole has one promo pretty much to me at times. And it's a good promo, but it's always the same promo that Adam Cole has. I'm the leader of whatever group I'm in and we're great type of thing. That, that, that's his only promo. But I did like the, uh, Chris, have you, I don't know how, how, how deep your eighties movies uh, knowledge goes, but did you see the Brian De Palma Untouchables movie with Robert De Niro as Al Capone and Kevin Costner as Elliot Ness? No. Okay. Well, you might know this scene, nevertheless. Is is Elliot Ness and his Untouchables have 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 had a strike against the Capone thing, and so he has all his capo Capone has all his capos there for dinner, and he's talking about teamwork. He picks up a baseball bat and starts talking about baseball and the team and all that other stuff. Okay, yeah, teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. All of a sudden, he slugs the guy in the back of the head. That was this. And while I would much rather have some depth and a little bit more playing up of it, and, you know, this needed to be slowed down and done over a few weeks, to be honest with you, I adored it for what it was. And Chris, wrestling needs more crying children. And I adored the crying child. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be mean to children. But when heels are effective in getting people to cry or getting people upset, see the Horsemen and Ricky Morton, see Sasha Banks and Izzy at NXT uh, Iron Woman match or whatever, I like that people can feel something real as opposed to it just being ironic disassociation with wrestling where they're booing just a boo because they want to be part of the show. I like that people actually really get upset because they care about the young bucks and this child, the shot of him crying. 
it sounds terrible, Chris, but it filled me with such joy and and lifted the cynicism from me about wrestling that people can still feel real things about what they're watching in such a contrived program as the Young Bucks and Adam Page. Yeah, uh, a lot to respond to there, okay, or like unpack there. Uh, going back to Adam or Adam Cole, Adam Cole's promo style, as you said, is very one note. He has one personality disposition. Yes. He really, as we've seen here, especially in recent years, only seems to kind of work as the leader of a group. He, uh, you know, he, he he's a great alpha heel, but he never he never expands upon that. And when he's beat, you know, it, it's I, I would go. I would say he's that. a fine alpha heel because okay. like a good alpha heel has depth and nuance to the yes. personality. Yes. And Adam Cole's alpha heel characters never do. They're never interesting. He's just like, I'm the leader. I'm the leader guy. Like, like he's like the leader of the thug gang who doesn't actually have like a personality. He's just like the leader of the thug gang in the okay. movie. And and I do think that like that's a fair criticism of his personality sort of limitations. Like and that's been fairly consistent. Um, I'm with you that there need to be more of a build on this. Um, in particular. I guess to get to your crying children point, it, like if the children are going to cry for the young bucks, I don't know, establish them better as baby faces. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do I sort of view the crying point. children as a bit of a testimony to the longstanding criticism that many of us have had with the bucks and like this whole like undisputed stuff, which has been, they're like weird, ironic, detached heels, not actually truly hated heels. Right. And like the fact that immediately the Bucks, you know, like evoke tears from a child means that that child was never really angry at the Bucks. And all those other examples that you cited of, you know, children crying in recent years have been in strong heel and baby face dynamics. Yes. And during those, yes, absolutely. I want that. I I, I would completely co-sign on everything you said otherwise, but in this particular one of a heel group splitting up, like when the NWO splits up, I don't want children crying. <laughs> like, 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 you know, like. No, no, not, uh, not Vincent uh, and Stevie no, Ray. No, no, Kevin Nash and Hogan are fighting. Stevie Ray and Vincent aren't getting along. Who oh, gets no. Horace Hogan in the divorce? Oh, my God. No, Dad, I want to go home. <laughs> like. Like no, uh, th- there's there's a right time and a wrong time Who for does crying. Mike Rotunda go at <laughs> this point, <laughs> and his dull ass. <laughs> what if the Wolfpack ends up with DiBiase's money? <laughs> that really changed the game. My God, who is Marcus Alexander Bagwell gonna talk to right now? <laughs> crying into your dad's shirt as Buff and Steiner are fighting in the ring no no not this team of the jerk and the other jerk no we 
I almost not want to do that as a video. You okay? have that breakup going and just like a, film a new camera cut of some thirty-year-old some neck beard crying about the slip of vicious and delicious or whatever. Yeah, vicious and delicious. <laughs> Scott Norton's such a good soul in the crew. <laughs> <laughs> not flash not flash he did this with ice train before history repeating itself oh. god no oh. i i mean i guess that that's my only my only thought of the children crying thing is it okay. like <laughs> you know there's a right time and a wrong time and I think maybe you can make the argument that, like, the fact that it occurred here, <laughs> I think, on one hand, yes, they'll be fine as baby faces. But on the other hand, were they ever really heels? This thing is the other yeah, question. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, that, that's a very, very valid point. They need to build up, they need to build up some, uh, you know, they need to build up the, the, the bucks as, you know, hey, we're on our way to being good guys type of thing. And, and a little bit more, even a little bit more chumminess with Red Dragon would have helped here to, to make the turn that much more impactful yeah the turn yeah like like it it, yeah especially if like nick and matt had like after all the bickering they had been doing right if they we have like a cut scene maybe two weeks prior where they're like we gotta be we gotta get along better like like basically like the the jacksons are sort of like we're gonna try to make this thing work and meanwhile you have red dragon conspiring against them yeah um i think that would have made the you know like i guess the split the, it would have made the Bucks more sympathetic in the split, but again, would then beg the question like, okay, but like if these guys like we need to make our evil bad guy group work better, are they like good guys? Is that like really the thing that like a good guy yeah, would do? Yeah, just because you turn it, doesn't make you a good guy. I mean, just because a bad right. guy beats up another bad guy, it doesn't make the guy that they beat up the good guy. Right, know? yeah, cause, just because you got turned on. Right, I guess that's honestly another good point. Just because you got turned on does not mean that you have turned. Um, and I think yeah, and that's like, a Ricky Starks problem as well. I think even though they did the fist pump with 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 Hook, I mean, I mean, I mean, basically what what Taz did was that I'm, I just want to sit here and cut jokes. I don't want to be Team Taz anymore. Boy, I just thought that was a total punt though on a story. Like you know when people I, bring up I, punted storylines, I just like go yeah. like, oh Taz, I have no opinion on this. The end. Like, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I did not like that, but I did like Ricky Stars just being so mad he runs it and just gets his ass destroyed. No, I thought that was great. I thought it was good. It was intense. Like I I mean I think One Starks shot done. Loved it. Yep. House of Fire got shut down by Hobbs. Hobbs like restrained himself, but you know there's gonna be just like more and like uh, no I I, I like Starks as a babyface. I think he makes a ton of sense. And I also think that, like, the one thing that they did that's different than the Bucks here is in recent weeks, Starks has been wrestling pretty much clean matches. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was a heel, but he was, like, not working in a sort of dastardly way during yeah, he was. I mean, he yeah, was just, he wasn't cheating. He was just a jerk. Yeah, but, like, and the audience was loving it. So it's like, you know, it, it, it felt very organic when they finally turned him entirely. Uh, let's finish up our AEW notes of any kind. Do you have one? Because I have a couple more. If you need um. Okay. Uh, Christian Cage uh, did his best to carry Matt Hardy along in a match. I thought yeah. that was very generous. Yeah. While I was positive about everything, I was looking at my phone during this match, and I didn't care. 
I gotta be honest with you. I just was like, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a solid two star TV match between two one guy who's way too old and shouldn't be in there, and another guy who has lost a step but is still solid technically. I mean, you put Matt Hardy through a table. I'm good with this. No, uh, all right, I'll, I'll go one more then. I'll go one more because that was a quickie. Uh, let's talk about Jericho and Yuta. I think you needed to beat Jericho here. I think Jericho needed to come out as the Lionheart, and you didn't need to kill the Lionheart and like add some wrinkles into this Blackpool Combat Club storyline. I, 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 okay, I, I, I think a swerve here would have been very cool. I thought Jericho was moving in slow motion for the first half of this match, but as it went on, it was very, very good. And I love, I love the lion tamer with the head, with the knee on the head and everything and just looking vicious. I agree with you. I loved the idea and this is not mine. I think this was Brian Alvarez's idea of Jericho going in there and just laying down for you to, so that Yuta would have to go in there and fight Mox. And just have him be the guy going, yeah, I'm going to make you fight your newfound friend. Let's see how that goes for you type of thing. Yeah, see, I, I don't want to lay down. I, I would want you to, like, basically, I want Jericho to come out there kind of thinking, like, almost like Apollo Creed. Oh, you want you want Yeah, yeah, the Apollo dead. Creed, yeah, yeah the, the not like Rocky Four, like uh, Apollo Creed, uh, what's the other Rocky one where he kind of... Rocky too, right? Where he gets blindsided, he's still coming out there thinking he's like you know hot stuff, and, and Rocky's ready for him this time. Like, and I want Jericho to come out there thinking he's going to debut the line tamer and sort of tricking the audience into thinking, okay, he's you know here comes the the Lionheart Chris Jericho. We're gonna, we're going to see that version of it, and Yuta essentially upsets Jericho, and we just sort of end with like this like weird liggard question and even regal on commentary going like wait a second what's going to happen here because like it, it basically at some point you have to um crap or get off the pot with yuda and, and i think like he yeah. needs a signature win a signature moment and a signature inflection point to show that this blackpool combat stuff has actually really meant something for him and i think doing this and this wrinkle of like no John, you're a fantastic interim champion. Obviously, I respect you, but the whole reason I joined this group and the reason I left best friends is I wanted to be number one. The reason I'm in this group right now is I want to be number one. And if that means beating you, I'm going to beat you. I will end mine uh, on a group that I criticize a lot, but I like this match. And it was the uh, women's tag between Thunderstorm and Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Uh, Baker and Hater matching gear. I approve. Liked it. Thunder Rosa has been booked poorly as a champion because she has no rival per se, other than Brit. Uh, you know, she's never really, I mean, she, it's, it's not something to over. I mean, she got thrown into a feud with Tony storm. Who's another baby face, which was ridiculous. She needed another heel. She needed, she needed to have about a two month feud with Nyla Rose, I think in my opinion. But that said, uh, she has chemistry. Don't get me wrong. I hated the shirt. I'm not going to dwell on the shirt. The sandbagging shirt is stupid. They should have never made it. What's sandbagging, Jeff? Daddy, what's sandbagging? Yes, Daddy, yes. I don't understand sandbagging. Uh, now we're going to make the children cry. Um, I know. 
And then he explains that sometimes Santa Rosa potatoes people, and then the kid starts asking what potatoes sometimes, are. Sometimes she she dead weights on suplexes and things like that. Son, son, let me tell you about this. This is actually having to be a cooperative art form, more than much. No, um, DMD and Thunder Rosa have chemistry, and they're the and 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 Brick Baker's the only person it seems that Thunder Rosa has chemistry with. And it's amazing to watch it. The latter half of this match, after a a shaky start and Tony Storm having some issues with the ropes and DDTs, but the second half of this match was quite good, and it felt quite vicious, and I quite liked it. Um, And I thought it was interesting giving Hater the pin as well. Uh, Sets up that feud pretty nicely. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think look, they didn't fix the women's division in one night, but it was a nice start, I thought. Still worry about DMD and Rosa as a pairing to get Rosa over. It just always seems that, like every DMD pairing DMD's gets DMD swallow. over. Yeah, like, like it, it's the Becky Lynch Bianca situation yes. where you, you just can't. If you're trying to get Bianca over, you can't have Becky in the in the frame. Um, and, and if you're trying to get Thunder Rosa over, you can't have DMD in the. Chris. Uh-oh. She can't DMD can't be the number one heel. Right. Which is what she'll always be. Yeah. As so long as you have Thunder Rosa as the number one baby face, because we, she'll we, continue to swallow up Thunder Rosa. We need a long heated feud with Thunder Rosa because her best promos are when she's angry. Her best promos are when she's angry, and she needs to be angry at somebody other than Britt Baker. Yeah, I guess another way of saying that too is her bad promos is when she's trying to be calm. Yes, I would agree. And yeah, I, I think that's true. Uh, everything else is just kind of tertiary. I was going to talk maybe a little bit about Stokely and Ethan Page, but I think that's just there's going to be a shift in, in managers and stuff, and I kind of want to see how all these stables play out before I comment on them. Uh, anything else you wanted to talk about? No, uh, I, I the Page promo I thought was fine-ish. Uh, I, I will miss know, Dan Lambert if he's gone. Let's I honest. will miss Dan Lambert if he's gone. I, I think that they lost the thread with him a little bit, but like mm-hmm. he clearly, when it was working, was working quite well. He was just like a... He he's had a like, jerk, and he's such he, a good natural It's jerk. like Z- like Zach Gibson energy, just yes. natural. Yeah, supernatural, really think, really fluid. I think we can end on this, but but I want, I want to talk... I think they have a manager problem right now, and this is my issue, is that they don't have... For lack of a better term, they don't have a main event manager. I love Stokely. I do. He's great. I don't view him in that. He doesn't have like they have him. They have Smart Mark. They have Vicky Guerrero. Um, QT is there as as a player manager. Uh, Tully's no longer there. Jake, I think, has been shelved. Uh, I think Stokely could be the guy, especially with Stokely juxtaposed against uh, Regal. I think that Regal and Stokely could have real interesting chemistry. I think they'll have interesting chemistry, but what I'm saying is you don't have the Gary Hart dark energy, where it's like, I'm coming in, I'm bringing in these guys, and we're going to do some damage to some people here. We're going to hurt some people. You know, even J.J. Dillon as manager of the Horsemen had a certain aura of, hey, I'm a businessman. This is just business. And my boys are going to go out there and beat the hell out of you. And he didn't need to do much because those guys were so great on promos anyways. Stokely still has that. 
he has funny, but it's it's the wrong kind of funny to be main event. Like, like don't get me wrong, Cornet and Dangerously were funny promos, and they're great managers. But when it came to the in ring stuff, they were vicious. Yeah, you know Cornette was really good at going. The vintage Cornette, super good, really gifted at going for the close in his promos. Like yes. when it was like like the, the the final, he could be funny up front and then like switch gears and, and be go menacing, in, and, menacing, and, yes, and, and, and like making real meaningful threats. And the jokes go to the wayside, and it's very clear that like the jokes are like a yes. front. For his meanness. Yes, exactly. No, I, that's a great way to put it. And that's, that would have to happen with Stokely, and I just don't know. I, and this I think you can get him. there. We, 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 this, this, here's what I'll say. Well, they allow him to get there. That's right. the question. Right, this, but, it, but if there's a way for him to get there, I think this reset of, like, Stokely and what he's doing is good. I hope it means he's pulling away from Jade Cargill. And so we don't need to keep adding, you know, more accessories onto this act. Um, I think Stokely, you know, should, to your point, be focused on getting the main event belt. Like his, his mission should be, there is, I smell weakness right now. Okay. I Moxley is a weak interim champion in my nice. estimations. Yeah. And CM Punk is also weak. He's injured. What's he coming back? This is my time to make a play, and I'm putting it together. And I'm main event guys. A guy, yeah, I'm finding yep. a guy who can take him out. Yep. Yep. I agree. We'll end there. Pretty positive week. You can follow me on Twitter at crapgame13. You can follow Chris at dwatg. You can just follow the show as it releases at shake them ropes. All one word. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network no matter your fandom whatever it is there's a show for you on it including the flagship music of the mat uh five-star match game open the voice gate etc etc hey try whatever you want from our sampler platter here we'd like to thank our sponsor hello fresh use code vow16 uh chris what is the promo you get 60 up to 16 free meals yeah, we call it the 1673 over here, Hawkins, okay. and that is 16 free meals over seven boxes and three free gifts. Perfect. 1673. Chris does a show called Don't Worry About the Government. That's why his handle is DWATG. He's going to tell you about it now. Yeah, I'm also now on Instagram as well, believe it or not, Jeffrey. I You can find me at Dr. Underscore Nov, N-O-V, on Instagram. Don't worry about the government is available on Patreon at patreon.com slash D-W-A-T-G. Uh, you can go and check out the show there. The audio versions are available for free. Video versions are for Patreon supporters, and they come out a little bit sooner before the audio versions. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify as well. I think I will also plug my other show, which I always forget to do. I am on the Fight Game Media Network doing the Dynamite Show. About 10 minutes after Dynamite goes off the air, hot takes with myself and Paul Ace Fontaine. Five bucks a month will get you to that because it's in under behind the paywall there, but there are plenty of shows over there for your wrestling needs. Uh, if, you're a T if you're an Impact fan, there's an Impact-only show over there as well. I think Voices does no longer has an Impact show. I might be wrong with that. I don't want to disgrace Garrett Kidney or anything like that, but uh, yeah, so uh, hey whatever those are our plugs See hey whatever hey I'm whatever sorry i could go have a think of a way to close it unlike unlike jim cornett <laughs>